Listen in. Thanks for doing just that. Music, music has some sort of magical, maybe mystical thing happening, and I couldn't be more sucked in. I love it. You see, I want to live life better, unless I'm in some sort of funk and all I want to do is wallow. Songs, artists, musicians, lyrics—they help me in all sides of life. They're like lifts in my shoes. I walk a little taller. My shoulders are on my back. Yeah. Bring on life. Bring it completely on. Bring on life. So I'm full of questions, and I listen in. Luckily, or hopefully, I travel with a recorder and open SM58 microphones. You've got questions. I've got more. I'm Frank Jenks. I began listening with a syndicated radio program, interspersing conversation pieces with songs and subject matter. And now I just want to offer this fullness, the greatness, the insight directly from rock stars to you this way. I met this roadie guy while the Rhett Walker band had me on stage prior to sound check. Head all bandanaed, or was it a truck stop hat? Maybe, maybe both. Maybe both. <laughs> anyway, this guy who I thought was a setup guy was the opening act, Tim Timmons. So we had lunch, and while I wanted to turn on my recorder right then, I had no prep time, I, I, no real knowledge of his music. So he promised to send me his forthcoming CD, and also promised to do video Skype when he got back home to California. And so what you will hear is just that and more. This was recorded on April 3rd, 2013 between California and Michigan. Listen in. I guess I, I think the main reason I wanted to, to, to sit down and talk with you is because I, I sat down with Rhett Walker. You just spent, what, three months in a bus with him. So, so who does God love more? Is it uh, you or is it Rhett Walker? I'd rather not answer that. What? Because you know the answer. Because I know the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's that's too bad. I feel bad that you're second. You know. <laughs> yeah. No. It's it's. Uh, yep. I'm just. I'm gonna. I'm gonna plead. Plead the fifth in this one. Although, I guess I've read that God loves everybody equally. So maybe maybe it's a tie at the top. I think uh, somehow we're equal. Somehow we're equal in the eyes of God. Yeah. Well, you're both. You're both PKs. So. Dude, Red Red is Red is amazing. Lo- love that guy. Love Joe. Yeah. They're they're good dudes. Yeah, they're good dudes. I mean, it, it yeah. hanging out with Red Walker is like hanging out with the Duck Dynasty guys. I mean, it's just I know they're you know they're all BFFs, but it, you know I'm I'm from Orange County. We we don't uh, we just don't talk like that, and we we kind of look at that right. and go, oh my gosh, that that is as hick and you know right as you could possibly get. So it was so classic just being with them and hearing the way that they talk and the way that they say things. And, you know, I mean, yeah. Red always says, well, if it flies, it dies. You know, it's like, who says if it flies, it dies? And I guess when our tour right. manager was getting, um, he was getting uh, food for us, you know. And so I'm like, yeah. I'm this total nerd. And I'm like, yeah, can I have some naked juice and some, you know. Everything's like organic right. and organic apples and you know whatever. I mean, I wasn't right. that bad, but yeah, sure. pretty. And he's get he's got, um, you know, everything is like sugar cereal. Every every kind of sugar thing you can possibly do. 
<laughs> like Mountain Dew. Right. You know, just so classic. So the, literally the lady at the checkout stand said, you know, asked if he was schizophrenic. You know, he's getting <laughs> just two fully different meals. That's a legit question. Yeah, it's a, it's a valid question. <laughs> yeah, my perception is is that, you know, his his dad being the preacher guy was getting people together and say, okay, we're starting church now. And your dad was Mr. Crystal Cathedral because you're in Orange County. And I have no idea if either is true, of course. But right. again, from the outside looking in, I go, all y'all ended up in the same bus and got along well. So yeah, that's a good thing, right? Yeah, I think I think we're both um, we're both pretty honest guys, actually. Um, yeah, yeah. So as even though I may look uh, and sound um, cleaner, I think we both have the same angst and mm-hmm. um, questions and yeah promptings and reason for doing what we're doing. So, right. but but you do use must must be some sort of beard trimmer, and he does not. Yeah, he does not. His is a little just out of control. Let's be honest. <laughs> just sort of, just sort of scraggly, which is another yeah. good word to describe him, right? Y- yes. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> Mine's very kept. Kept. That's funny. How long have you had this beard? We're going on two years right now. Yeah. Yep. I've been uh, I've been shaving my head for about eight, and yeah. beards about two years. Yeah. Yeah. So did you, did you start shaving your head after chemotherapy and stuff like that? No, uh, I never had chemo. Chemo never. Oh, oh. Um, chemo and radiation both. Um, they don't work for my cancer. Oh really? Oh, you had to discover. So, I mean, when you first hear you have cancer, do you start thinking about those sort of vain things too? It's like ah, chemo, and I'm going to lose my. No, because I was already shaving my head. Oh okay. At that point, so it was like, well, I, yeah. yeah, that that was that was pretty far from my my thought at that point. Yeah. So music, where'd you start? I mean, were you a guy singing at your dad's church or? I was, um, music, where did I start? Well, I started drums when I was seven. I um, was just hitting everything around. Mm. My mom just gave me a drum set. And, yep. Um, which I don't know any wisdom in saying, yeah, here, son, here's a drum set. Um, <laughs> but I'm grateful for it. Uh, then started a good piano early at that age and hated it. And then guitar at seven, at 11. Mm-hmm. And just loved it, and then retaught myself piano and um, started writing songs at eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always wanted to go outside of the church. That that was you know I, I grew up on church music and you know great stuff and stuff outside mainstream stuff and um, I don't know I just wanted to get outside. You know, my dad is the kind of guy that was always asking, "Aren't we just talking to ourselves inside the church?" Dad. I love that. Um, I love that, dude. I can't. That was kind of his bent. Is like, I think we're just talking to ourselves. So, how, how do we stop talking to ourselves? And you know, and so I started seeing that musically, going, I, you know, yep, I think we are. And we're just have a bunch of Christians talking to a bunch of Christians and pumping each other up, you know. Yeah. Um, and which is great and fine, but I, I wanted to go outside because there are so many people outside of our walls that don't know Jesus and, um, you know, at that point, uh, yeah, I just want, I just wanted them to become Christians at that point. Hmm. Um, and your dad never forced you to listen to Christian rock music because, you know, Satan's music was on the radio or whatever. No, no, no. My, My dad, my dad was so, so not the typical pastor. So not the typical pastor. I mean, 
<laughs> we watched, you know, Delirious, the movie? Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We, like, owned Delirious and, you know, Airplane and all these movies. And I'm, I'm like, really, Dad? I was so young. And I was watching that movie. I mean, it's genius. It framed my humor. But <laughs> Right. Um, <laughs> so thank you, I guess. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. So uh, I wanted to go outside the church, um, which is wonderful and noble. And uh, so I was going to head that way. Um, uh, let's see. Um, I was out of college and I had got, just gotten married. And so I was going to go pursue a career out, out in the clubs and all that stuff. A guy named David Wilcox. Are you familiar with David oh, Wilcox? Lo- yeah, I love David Wilcox. So the way that Wilcox just, you know, he really doesn't say Jesus often at all, yet yeah. he's still pointing people toward truth and letting, if Jesus is who Jesus is, Jesus is going to do something. You know, that's what he says. I love pointing people towards truth. I love that phrase. Yeah, it's 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 genius. I'm so grateful for what he does and how he does it. And so I, uh, my dad always said, you know, do not get in the ministry. Do not get in the ministry. Do not get in the ministry. If you have to, then get in the ministry. <laughs> so that was kind of his posture. Right. Um, so I really felt that. I, I never felt like I had to do that. So um, out of... Um, out of college, I had been leading worship all my life and started a college group at, at Saddleback, which is out here, um, which was really fun. It was just like, oh, that these are with some of my friends, and we'll start that. And then uh, then I was asked to come over to a church called Mariner's Church and be the uh, high school music guy. Mm. And I thought, I'm married. Um, this could be fun. Why don't I just kind of work on my stuff to get outside of the church, but then just work here with some friends and... Yep. So my wife and I did that for four years, and so four years came up, and it was time for me to go out. I had stuff lined up. Um, I was going out and going to begin my career, you know, in in the clubs. And and two weeks before I was leaving Mariners, um, and would have had no insurance. That's when I found out that I had cancer. Would have um, had no insurance. Okay, I would have had no insurance. I mean, it was just literally two weeks. Right and. They had misdiagnosed it all the way up until that point. Um, I had hot flashes all the time. So there are a couple of reasons why I shouldn't be having hot flashes as a man. Mm-hmm. Um, one. one is, you know, menopause. Yep. Menopause. Thank you. <laughs> menopause. If you have one of those, boom, yeah, things, you're the drummer, right dude. there. You're the drummer. You're the drummer. Touche. Where's your mom's uh, kit that she bought you at seven? You should have that right next to you all the time. Hey, careful. Careful. Don't you talk about my mom. I um, will not from here for it. So uh, at that point, found out about cancer, and Mariners was so amazing. They just said, hey, Tim, why don't you just stay on staff? Um, yeah, you got to love that. And just work through some of the stuff. You know, you, you've, I don't know, just figure some of the stuff out. So yep. during that year, um, there are a few times in my life when I know that I've really been, um, my heart has been changed, and it was not my doing. Um, and it was one of those points when, uh, I started, uh, I don't know. I, I believe that Jesus was actually beginning to prompt my heart for what I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life. I didn't just, just didn't know it at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of, I, I guess the, the best way I can describe it is that, um, I started seeing going out and getting, you know, a fan at a time or pointing one person toward truth at a time, which is beautiful. Um, and I, it was just kind of, it was like addition. You'd go out and get a fan at a time. Mm-hmm. 
But I, you know, I'm leading at this church, and there are thousands of people every service. Right. And what if what if I could just invite people um, to represent Jesus? So each of these people know ten people that I don't know. Right. And it just became apparent, like that's multiplication. <laughs> like, what if I could invite these people to actually go out and represent Jesus? Um. And then, in my view, at that point and I'm going to put this in quote, then we could get them to be Christians, mm-hmm. um, in quotes. Uh, which ensures your ticket to heaven, which is... Right, 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 cool. which is wonderful, yeah, exactly. which is which is great. Um, so, anyways, I, I thought, you know what? No, I, I, God, I think you want me to actually talk to the church and help them represent you. Um, so, multiplication. So, I, I began to lead worship... Um, I continued to lead worship and was kind of became the main worship leader at this church. Um, but not your dad's church, correct? No, not my dad's church. Right. Um, a place that he had been in the past, um, yep. but not there. Okay. Uh, so that, that was quite an interesting season while working on cancer stuff. And um, so fast forward, I don't know, eight years later, eight and a half years later, um, one of the other moments in my life when, um, when you just kind of sense something's going on. So I, I was, I was journaling cause it's one of the ways that I can actually get out my thoughts and talk to Jesus and, you know, I don't know, I'm, I'm just pretty ADD in a lot of ways. So I just yeah. list out things I'm grateful for or whatever. Yeah. So I was just journaling one day and I, I just I heard this. It wasn't an audible voice. It was just this this sense of you're in the preface of the second book in the trilogy of your life. So preface, second book, trilogy of your life. And I thought that is so stupid because I love Lord of the Rings and I know I'm making this crap up. You know, who, who, who makes that crap up? It's, That's obviously not God. It's coming to you osmosisly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what water did I just drink? Um, so. I kept hearing it all week. It was so silly. And I told my wife about it. I said, you know, I don't know. I just keep keep like sensing this preface of the second book in the trilogy of my life. And so um, the next weeks following, I started getting emails from all over the country of random people I didn't even know that said, Tim, um, you don't know me, but God told me to tell you that you're starting a new season. Um, follow Jesus and he will walk with you. That's what everybody said. Uh, by the way, I think you're making this up, but keep going. I agree. I totally agree. And I'm, I'm kind of going, what, how, you know, how does that happen? Who's re- Somebody's obviously reading my journal right. and like leaking this, and this is some cool movie. Um, right. So With cameras, Truman Show. Yeah, Where's this is going? so stupid. Um, so that was kind of a, that was kind of a, uh, that was a game changer. Yeah. Um, I, I had no clue what that meant. I just, I just knew that it was. It's kind of a game changer. So at that point, um, I just, uh, I don't know. I just said, okay, I'm listening. Like, if that's you, which I believe that's got to be you because it's pretty crazy. um, Mm -hmm. What are you saying? And uh, it became pretty clear for the next two years of what I was supposed to do. Um. But before that, I started going, okay, great. Let's let's start a revival. 
maybe you just want us to start a revival. So let's start a revival around here. And so it's it's the single off this this record. It's this first single that's that's out called "Starts with Me." And the story mm-hmm. is, um, as I'm asking Jesus, let's start a revival. Uh, I read this little story about. Um, this young preacher that went up to this old pastor and said, Hey, how do I start a revival? And the old guy goes down on his hands and knees, grabs a piece of chalk and draws a circle on the ground, about three feet by three feet and says, uh, revival doesn't start in your town. Revival actually starts in your heart. Like when you're on your knees in the middle of that circle, Mm. that's where, that's where it begins. And it hit me so hard that my whole life I've tried to do stuff for Jesus. That I've tried to make people Christians. I've tried to, um, I mean, really, my posture has been okay, Jesus. I mean, really, if you got down to it, uh, or God at that point, mm-hmm. um, hey, I'm going to do this. Come bless this. Hey, I'm come over here because, dude, let's partner together in this. And. I guess, you know, it was, it had been eight, it's eight years or nine years ago now. My dad, um, my dad told me who, my dad knows more than either of us combined times a thousand of, you know, Bible knowledge. And the guy is so dang smart. Watch what you say about your dad. Oh, it's true. (laughs) Um, but he came up to me and said, Tim, I'm trying to do the hardest thing I've ever done. And I'm like, whoa, what's that? He said, I'm trying to follow the principles and teachings of Jesus. And I'm like, mm, me too, Dad. Me too. Right. I had no clue. I just didn't even get it. It was it was like, dude, why are you being that guy right now? Number one, Dad. I mean, it's kind of like, duh. That's what we're all trying to do. Right, right, right. And I just have watched him the past, you know, eight or nine years. And I've watched a change in him from going... I'm going to do all this cool stuff for you, Jesus, to Jesus, what are you doing? And I just want to like catch up and follow you. Mm. Um, and I've watched him go through this. And I think in that time when, when the whole trilogy, um, second book of the trilogy of my life stuff began, um, that kind of stuff was started to stir in me too. Um, that what if it's more about knowing Jesus than doing stuff for him? Um, you know, I'd always, I'd always seen that the, uh, the difference in a little bit in between a believer and a follower, I just didn't have the, didn't have the words for it. Mm-hmm. Um, my, here's my purpose, my purpose and what I do and why I'm, you know, entering into this deal with Sony at, at 37 and is to, um, influence the church, moving believers about Jesus to become followers of Jesus, um, through my story. So, you know, we don't need any more believers. Not not the way that we American Christian people know to believe. To believe is just to ascend to something here. It's it's not a verb. It's it's more of a noun. Um, mm-hmm. It's almost it's been neutered. Yeah. Um, and yet Jesus only uses to believe in about two locations, only in the Book of John. Um, but he uses to, to follow everywhere else. Um. And that heart, you know, and I don't care semantically if you want to say believers, because I know Paul uses it all the time, great. But the word actually does not mean just to ascend to something. It actually means to follow with your life, to believe enough to mm. follow. Um, so it just it just started hitting me that, oh my goodness, Jesus, you told me a long time ago 
um, what I was going to be doing to uh, for the whole multiplication thing. I just didn't have words for it at that point. Um, but I think the thing that has become more exciting than actually doing his work um, is actually for the first time maybe really actually getting to see Jesus at work instead of me at work for Jesus hmm. um, and to actually like get to know that guy a little bit. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still not best friends with Jesus. Um, I probably should be, or that's what everybody says you should be, but I'm not, yeah. I, I just, I, I don't trust him that much. Um, but for the first time I'm starting to see him work. Like I'm actually starting to become aware of, of him being God and me not. And I've said that for a long time, but I'm just starting to see it and starting to go, Oh my gosh, what if you are real? Like, you know, so I have too many stories about that, but so influence the church moving believers about Jesus to become followers of Jesus through my story, influencing the church. Um, part of what I'm supposed to do is invite the church, uh, to be beautiful. And I think part of that is, uh, redefining church. So I've spent my whole life on the 80 minutes that we gather in that building. Um, yet there are 10,000 other minutes during the week. I mean, crap, that is some serious math right there. Right. Yet everything we do is about inviting people back into the 80 minutes, which is wonderful. I love the 80 minutes that we gather. It is so great, and it's it can be so powerful. Mm. Yet it's 80 minutes. You know. Yeah, you know, I think where I get lost maybe is thinking so big picture, like the line out of Starts With Me with, I really want to change the world. I mean, I'm... I'm thinking I'm going into your multiplication world, right? It's like I always think, well, if I can say this to 10 people, then 100 people will be, you know, get involved in something or whatever. And and I don't know that I don't know that that kind of sideswipes me in the end, right? Because I'm thinking the world didn't get changed when I wake up in the morning, you know, the next day or the next week or the next month. And I I don't know if it's because my own ego says, "Frank, you you the man. I don't know what it is, but I get I get stuck in that. I really want to change the world thing, and and if the world doesn't go off kilter because of me, then I think, well, then there's no God, there's no me, there's you know. I mean, I go into my playing small and figure out how many different Seinfelds I can watch on TV the next day, right? You know? And yeah, cycle babble maybe for me. So what, what, where's that? Where's that leave you then? I, I, maybe it leaves me searching for m- more answers, right? I mean, and whether it's a song like this and understanding that I'm the guy who has to jump in the circle and get down on my knees or whatever, right? Yeah. And and figure out that if I can't change what's inside of me to f- to not feel like I'm responsible, you know? Totally. I don't know. Totally. That's... Yeah, I, I think I think the difference in this season, at least just for me as I can speak, is um like what if the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead actually lives inside of me? I mean wh- what if? And what if what if it's his movement, not mine? So I've been trying to say, I want to start a movement. Let's start a movement. Right. Well, I mean, how arrogant. In, in in so many ways, like literally, how arrogant for me to say I'm gonna, I want to start a movement for Jesus. <laughs> like, what if the guy already started a movement a long time ago, a, re- a revolution, and yet right. 
um, it's not mine to start. It's not mine to yeah. even keep going. Like, I just need to catch up, period. Yeah. And I think part of it is just me actually just getting to know him first. You know, you look at uh, the Apostle Paul, and Paul had this crazy conversion experience, which, um, by the way, happens, you know, as you know, all the time um, overseas. That kind of, you know, crazy conversion. Mm-hmm. I just keep hearing more stories about it. It's, it's odd. Um, but then he went away for two and a half, three years. And I think what he, he did is I think he actually got to know Jesus. Um, and here's a crazy thing, by the way. Um, he was always a Christ follower. He was just trying to kill him. Um, which is just interesting. Right. Uh, I don't know. That just, that's just interesting to me, but there's a difference between then saying, Jesus, which is his name, you know, Christ is even his, his last name. Um, but leaning into Jesus, that's it. Like saying, okay, now I'm not just doing what, what the Satan does, the, the demons do. They shudder at your name and who mm-hmm. you are mm-hmm. because they believe so much. But to actually follow you um, and let you be God is a whole different thing. So for me in the season, it's been, okay, I just want to get to know you. And if you do cool things, then you do cool things. And I'm going to go anywhere that you want me to go. So on the planes, I'm I'm so done with evangelism. You know, all that craziness. I can't find it too many places biblically anyways. But um, I'm kind of done with it. Like, I, I, I'm not opening doors anymore. I'm done. It's not my job. Um and that's what's been most fun about the season is that I talk to people more about Jesus than I've ever talked to them on planes and at different places. But it's just because in the beginning of the day, I'm just saying, okay, Jesus, if you want something cool to happen today, somehow for your kingdom's sake and not mine, then you open a door to do that. And if not, great. It's your job. I- I'm I'm just not that awesome anymore. Um, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to try to, tell you what you're supposed to do. So I just, it's been more fun letting him be God and me just kind of sitting back. And when he opens the door, I like charge through that thing. Um, Does that make sense? It's like that. that, That's been the difference for me at least. I guess right now I'm, I'm sick of church, right? And when you say you want to do your work in the church, if you will, right? Yeah. It's kind of what you said. Come on. I'm like, dude, you're wasting your time because I look inside these doors and I see people who just want to hear the same message, give the same amount of money yeah. and go live their life and make sure that, you know, they've got a flat screen TV and whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and that's me throwing a bunch of crap on a bunch of people. Right. Don't, don't sure. give me, I know that I know yeah. what I'm doing, but I also know that I've sat in enough church meetings and I've voted on the absolute opposite side of everybody else in the meeting because they want to make sure they have brand new silverware or something, you know, and I go, uh, different color carpet, let's replace this. Yeah. While there's single moms within 500 yards of the church who need our help, you know, and that yeah. kind of stuff. So that's why I'm completely, in essence, right now, like I'm done with church. Yeah. I want to have these conversations. I want to listen to music in my while I'm riding my bike and 
feel like I can connect there. And now I'm talking to you and you're going, but I'm going in there to help. And I feel like yeah. you're going into a big dark cave, yeah. even though that's supposed to be emanating light. So, blah, blah, blah. No, <laughs> and I, I, I so agree. So, um, And maybe that's why it needs so much help. I don't know. Well, here's, here's the redef- redefining of church for me. That I can't find anywhere biblically where it says we go to church. Okay, I can't, I can't even I can't even find it. Okay, um, where Jesus says you should go to church. Um, all I can find is that we are the church, in the name and the power, <clears throat> and in the authority of Jesus. We are the church, <clears throat> and although we seem to know that and and know you know this little thing with your hands, if you do put a little steeple up, <laughs> you know, here's the church, here's a steeple, open it up here, all the people, right, right, right. and that's a load of crap, because right. this is not the church. You know, with your fingers up. It's not the church. The steeple is not the church. And we know that, yet we keep calling p- people back into this 80-minute box. Mm-hmm. We keep saying, um, you know, there's, there's a, a word called missional right now that's kind of a big deal mm-hmm. in the yeah. church. Um, and the concept is, is genius. And it's like, hey, guys. Uh, if you want your friends to hear about Jesus, bring them in this 80-minute box. You know, come bring them over here. Because we'll t- I'll pastor me. I will tell them about Jesus. <laughs> pastor me. But, and which is fine, which is a wonderful thing. And, I, you know, e- even the, the Billy Graham Crusades, I am grateful for that. Even though I, I don't always, you know, love how it's always done. I, right. I'm grateful. My mom knows Jesus because of that. Okay. So, come on. I'm, you know, right. God uses TBN. He can he can do anything, I guess so. Um, but this this missional thing of instead of saying, "Hey guys, bring them in here," what what if we're sending our people out, saying, right. "Guys, go be the church in the ten thousand minutes that you have outside of these eighty minutes, where we can encourage one another and um, go." Wow, you're following Jesus too this week. Yeah, what'd you see? What'd you see Jesus do? What Jesus sightings did you see this week? Right. And then we go out for 10,000 minutes and go, okay, I am the church. I am the extension of the church in the name and the power and the authority of Jesus. And I, I think it's just a re- redefining of inviting the church to be the church in the 10,000 minutes. So I'm starting a nonprofit called 10,000 Minutes. We're trying to figure out how to, how to make the church aware of, uh, well, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives inside of them. Right. Like, what if? Right. I mean, what if, I mean, that's that song Christ in me. Right. What if we actually believed in his power and we actually lived it? What if we believed Christ in me? Yeah. Um, I mean, crap, crap. Can you imagine if, if the pews were filled with people um, that actually just began to understand that concept and then live that concept and let Jesus open doors and let Jesus do things. And when there's a, a person in need right there, they are the church. If my neighbor who's right across the street is in need, I am the church. I am the extension of the church. So I, I just, you know, I get really excited about this because I feel more like a missionary to Christians than anything else. Hmm. Um, because I think Jesus has a revolution going on, but I have not been a part of it. Um, a few years ago, there's a guy named Oz Guinness who is a... Uh, kind of a big time theologian. Um, he's actually part of the Guinness beer line as well, which is kind of nice. Um, 
related somehow. So, but I, I spent <laughs> I spent a weekend with him, um, and he said one thing that I'll never forget. He was talking to another guy who's um, some big theologian guy, and they always talk about it once every year, every few years, and they ask each other the same question because they're they're steeped in ministry and in doing the work, you know. Yep. And they ask each other, is the revolution still on? And at first it kind of hit me and thought, wow, that's that's very cool. And then I started to look at my myself and I'm like, nope. Jesus' revolution is not on. The church's revolution is on. You know, I'm I'm doing the good church work. Mm-hmm. We're doing church really well. Mm-hmm. You know, at in those eighty minutes and trying to do good small groups, which are all so great. But are we being the church outside of these walls? Um, if you look, there's that song, let's be beautiful. If you look on the record and that's really this invitation to the church, you know, it's this picture of the bride walking out. Um, everybody waits for the moment the bride comes out, open up the doors and watch her walk down the aisle. Is she lovely? Is she, you know, beautiful? Is she looking at the one she loves? Everybody's waiting. What are we all about? When we open up the doors of the church is religion. All that walks out. Right. Um, love that. Line. Are we looking at the one we love? You know, so it's just, I'm so with you, dude. And and I don't want to be a dammer because yeah. honestly, right. Frank, dammers dammers don't really. Um, I think it's great to poke holes in things. We have to be poking holes in right. things. If we're not, then we're idiots. Um, but at some point, we need to figure out how do we actually invite people to Jesus. And it sounds so cheesy when you say that. And in the church, because it's like, dude, don't be that guy. We're all about Jesus here. Right. And I want to kind of go, you guys, this is what I've been telling people lately, is that I'm one of the better American Christians that you'll meet. I mean, I, Frank, I am awesome. I am, I am awesome. I am. I am a great American Christian. <laughs> try to try to beat me. I'm serious. Like, let's line some people up, and I can, I might be able to win some stuff. I'm like varsity. Oh, right. Okay. Right. And, and that's why I asked you about Rhett Walker right at the beginning. Yeah, totally. Okay, so, I, so you you win the Christian race at least. I, I win the American Christian race. But here's the problem is that I feel like Paul, when Paul talks about being the Hebrew of Hebrews, yet it you know amounts to a pile of, you know, skabala. It's the only good cuss word in the Bible mm. um, next to knowing Jesus. And it's like, oh, my goodness, I, I've actually... I may have missed Jesus in my life. I've done all the stuff for him, but I've I've missed the guy. Um, and I honestly feel like a preschooler as a follower of Jesus. Where I'm varsity as a, a Christian, American Christian, mm-hmm. but as just following Jesus, I'm a stinking preschooler because every day I'm somehow about my kingdom and trying to build my kingdom. When it's not about my kingdom, my kingdom is a load of crap. Um. And so, you know, and I'm I'm so not trying to pump this record. Don't please, everybody out there, do not buy this record. I'm just talking about it because it's my life. <laughs> um, but the last song on the record um, is "Only One Standing," which is right. um, that is like that has been my prayer for two and a half years. Yeah, well, I, I love the lyrics. I've looked to man for my approval, built my confidence apart from you, and now all the walls are shaking. <laughs> I love that. Love those lyrics. The chorus is, I, I, surre- I actually will surrender all. Would you let my kingdom fall so yours alone will be the only one standing? And that, that, that's been my hope, is just that, Jesus, let me just be a part of your kingdom. 
Like, I want to see your kingdom now. I don't want to see and build mine. Because that's what a good American Christians do. We build my, our comfort. We build uh, the church as if it was a building. Um, so how do we invite the church? Even, mm-hmm. Frank, how do we, you and I, how do we, number one, just learn how to be on our knees with Jesus? Just to hang, And I don't, even mean, I don't even mean go do quiet times. Mm-hmm. Golly, I, I think... In some ways, those are a little way overrated. Um, but it's just n- seeing Jesus in in the day to day, in the mundane. That what if he's actually at work hmm. all the time, and in you, and then he'll do stuff outside because it's his job. So I, I I'm so with you. I just um, I'm saying Jesus, help me not um, just critique because it's easy, and it should be critiqued. But help me just invite people to you in some way, because you can do that, Jesus. That that's what you want me to do. Um, so yeah, I I guess I wonder if I'm on the wrong side of the word follow, because I guess I guess there's a part of me that thinks I'm going to do the best I can in this life, and God's got my back, so he he or she is following yeah. me. Right. Rather than me trying to follow, which I've said in my life. It's like, I do want to follow the teachings of Christ. That's what I've always sort of said. Yeah. That's what I've always sort of thought. That's, you know, and, and I don't know that I'm, I don't know that I have follow messed up inside my, if not just confused. I don't know messed up is the word, but actually confused. Like, yeah. maybe, I, maybe I think God ought to have my back more than I need to follow those ways, you know, because... Yeah, I'm a pretty smart guy. Not as smart as your dad, obviously. Yeah, no, you're not. That's already, that's already been predetermined. Yes, but uh, yeah, but I don't. I'm, maybe that's maybe that's where I get off, and my ego gets me off to think that. Well, it's a good thing I believe in God because got my back. Yeah, you know. Well, I, and and every everywhere you hear when we talk about Christianity, and when I get back to that, you know, I, I'm. I'm not not a Christian. I just don't ever call myself a Christian, just because right. of the stigma, and which is a, what a lot of us do. Um, uh, I, I think you know everybody always talks about Easter, and we stay at the cross and we stay at Easter, which is so great because if Easter never happened, then we are idiots for even having this conversation right now. <laughs> Yet we're always leading with He died for your sins, your sinner. And he died for your sins. That's mm-hmm. what we lead with. Um, and it is beautiful and wonderful. But it's not the whole story. And I, I think that's that's part of the thing is I've just been trying to figure out, oh my goodness, I've not been looking and I I've been I've been seeing Jesus like this much of Jesus in my life. That he has my back or whatever. I have cancer. Do that math. He didn't have my back right. then. Right. I mean, so all of a sudden things have to be pretty rocked. So I either now say screw you, or right. I don't. I, I I've kind of had to come down to this with the whole cancer thing through the years. Either God is God or He's not. Um. Either Jesus is who He is or He's not. Either He's good or He's not. And then what's my response? And I think the response part is where, you know, I'm I'm at now is trying to figure out what's my response. Is it either giving him the bird 
or is it like leaning into him? And then now, what's it mean to actually mm-hmm. lean into him? What's it actually mean to follow Jesus versus just doing good Christian things? And to be honest, I've lived the majority of my American Christian life without the need of the Holy Spirit, without the need of Jesus, other than just his saving grace on the cross, which is wonderful, but it's mm-hmm. just not the whole point. And so for me, I'm actually beginning to see, okay, so you know in John 15 when it talks about, um, well, in John 15 it talks about um, the fruit of the Spirit that he, uh, no, sorry, that's Galatians. Uh, John 15 is is the, the vine and the branches. That okay. Jesus says, I am the true vine, you are the branches. Um, I never knew that there was there's another role in that in that scripture. I, I was gonna spend just a week with some friends this past year just reading that every day. Um and it turned into nine weeks because I couldn't get enough of this John fifteen passage that I've read all my life. I know that thing and I thought I knew it. And then all of a sudden, my whole job at the end of John fifteen is to be a branch. The father's actually the gardener. I thought it was my job to be the gardener and sow seeds and mm. like, do all this stuff. It's not my job. It's That's the gardener's job. Um, I was just going to let Jesus do what he did because it's maybe his job. Yeah. But my only job I have in that whole story is to be a branch that is attached to the vine. He's the one bearing fruit out of me. And the crazy thing is all my life I've tried to make fruit. And the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, faithfulness, um, and tried to make people Christians, thinking these are all the fruits. And I've just tried to make them. It's been more fruit of my labor than fruit of the Spirit. And I guess at this point in my life, I'm starting to actually see Jesus actually make some of these things out of me, some of this actual love for other people, not just because I'm a good Christian, Mm -hmm. actual love and compassion for people. Um, actual generosity, not just because it's what I'm supposed to do with the good Christian thing. Um, actual peace, actual uh, joy. Um, and I'm not making any of it happen anymore. That's my favorite part is like I get so excited because it's, what if he's actually real? What if it's actually his job to do this stuff and it's only my job to just follow him in my daily life? I know I keep saying that, but it's like it's so radically different from everything that I've ever known that it's, I'm having the most fun in my life. Sony being assigned to this record deal is like fourth or fifth on my excited list right now. Hmm. Next to actually knowing Jesus. And that sounds so good and Christian and like, ooh, that's such a good thing to say. But it's true. So, anyways. Well, and, and maybe that's where I'm... I'm I want to be active out there in life, right? And I guess I think when I'm just the branch, well, things are just going to happen. I'm a branch. You know, rather than make things happen, because you got to go and record these songs. Yeah, that's the way Sony gets them out there. Right. That's the way, whether it's making a living or getting thoughts and ideas and love into the hearts of other people. Right. You got to go do something. And when I hear I'm just a branch, well, yeah, okay, Jesus, love. do your job there. So right. that's right. Maybe that's where I get funked up in the follow area. Right. Yes, because we're not. I'm not lying in a bed inert. Right. Waiting for him to do something. Right. And I like to sweat. I like to go do. You yeah. Know? I, I, I think it's a posture change in what we do. I think the results, we, I, do, I do the best that I know how to do. I yeah. work my butt off doing stuff. 
but that's just that that's what that's what I get to do. That's but the results ultimately are not up to me. I mean, they are in some ways, but the actual right. results I, I I no longer say, okay. Um like with this record, I did this record, I worked so hard on this record. But my posture in it, hopefully, and I'm just in preschool, so you got to give me a little grace on it. But <laughs> my posture in it is getting closer to, in every recording session, um, in everything that I'm doing, as I'm driving in my car and pissed off at the person next to me, um, Jesus, what if you're actually just here with me? Um, what if you're actually on the move? What if you're actually doing something here? And I just want to be aware of what you might be doing today. And in that, I'm just I'm watching him open doors like crazy with conversations about people for people, and even in my own learning, mm-hmm. um, that's just been the difference. It's just been such a posture change in the midst of me doing, um, and it's even becoming a little wild. In that, I was just in a meeting the other day with a bunch of bigwig people, and I, I'm a. Uh, I'm saying, okay, Jesus, if you want to open doors for this stuff, for my music to get out there, and this is the kind of thing where I just need to go in there and schmooze. Like, I got to go in there right. and, like, turn it on. <laughs> because these are these people, like, hold some serious weight. But beforehand, I was talking to the guys, and I just said, okay, so let's just agree in the name of Jesus that if he wants uh, cool things to come out of this for his kingdom, that he'll make it happen. I'm not going to actually make it happen. And then halfway through the conversation, we're talking about sports and um, <laughs> and TV. And I'm like, okay, I'm great to talk about those things. I've just got something bigger to talk about. Right. And this is about my kingdom, damn it. You know? And so halfway through, I'm like, okay, screw this. I'm taking it. So <laughs> I thought, okay, I'm turning this thing on. So I'm going to start talking about what I want to talk about with this. So they... Um, and all of a sudden, by the way, I, I left the kingdom at that point. I went into my kingdom at this point. Yeah. Sure. And so I saw a hole in the conversation. And I'm like, well, uh, and somebody else jumped in the conversation. I'm like, or, and said something else. And everybody was watching them. I'm like, what? Another hole in the conversation. I said, oh, well, you know, and I got interrupted again. And mm. another place, it was perfect segue into what I was saying. I'm like, oh, you know, went, got cut off. And I'm like, this does not happen to me. I am great with people. And this does not happen to me. And then it started hitting me after like the fifth or sixth time. Like, dude, you're trying to do stuff that's actually not your job right now. Um, So I sat back and I said, okay, Jesus, I'm sorry. I just tried to like railroad you. So if you want something cool for your kingdom to happen, then then you do it. You open the door. So all of a sudden a hole in the conversation happened. And what was four seconds felt like a minute to me. Cause in this minute I had all these or four seconds. I had all these thoughts. Okay, Jesus, here it is. Here's a perfect opportunity, but I'm not going to jump in. Uh, okay. Jesus, are you there? Dude, dude, this is about your kingdom, right? <laughs> and then I stopped and said, okay, it's about your kingdom. Whatever you want to do. This is, this is for your, your kingdom's sake, not mine. Right. Then the guy next to me said, Hey Tim, what's your story? Just that kind of stuff happens Every day, all day long. And I'm getting a little bit more radical with it. Mm -hmm. Um, Just kind of going, what if Jesus is real? Like, what if he actually cares more about the things, uh, his kingdom, than I do? 
And if I'm about his kingdom, for me to live as Christ, to die as gain, if that's actually true, I don't know. Like, what What if the guy, What if he's God and you're not? Well, it's your revolution. It's his it's revolution. Yeah. Level, you know, you know, that's what yeah. I meant. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm scatting and segueing right straight into No, the, I love it. I love it. But it is. Into the it's first like, track, yeah. It's his movement. Dang it. And I just forget it every day. That's why I'm in preschool still. So I'm literally trying to figure out how to invite people to preschool with me. Yeah, and I'll just take the first words, basically, just to paraphrase. I mean, you're trying to learn how to breathe, right? And trying to learn how to sing the lyrics, if you will. Yeah. And, and really mean them and be a part of it. Yeah. And, and get your eyes opened. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great song. Thank you. I love the kids at the beginning, by the way. Thank you. One of, one of them is my daughter. She's uh, so cute, dude. So great. Good. Hope she was paid well for this. <laughs> yeah. Child U- labor. Union. Yeah, union. Union rate. <laughs> too, too many kids in the, in the studio. Yeah. You, you've got issues. Yeah. Not good enough yet. Mm-mm. Yeah, we're about at eight, hour eight into that. And I was like, <laughs> honey, stop your crap. Stop crying. Stop crying. You know. When do we when do we eat? When it's done. <laughs> right. So I'm just a really good dad. I feel like a really yeah. good dad. I say keep you got four kids now, you might as well have more if you're that good. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have kids? I do. I have two kids. Yeah. Love them. Love them. I'm they're much older than yours and I'm like I sometimes I miss being able to put a baby onto my shoulder and going, "Wow, this honestly, I think that's when I learned about unconditional love." Is when I put a kid in my arms and went I will love this thing no matter what. Huh. And obviously, he needs me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so whatever, and he just gave me love and still gives me love. You know, it's just, it's, it's awesome. And it's not like we get along all the time, but man, kids uh, kids taught me more about love than anything, than any church service ever did, yeah. to tell you the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's it's not a church service. Yeah, and it's real, yeah. you know? I mean, they're they're not... They're not faking it, even when they're pissed. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they feel like, and I and I'm and I feel I feel glad that they can feel pissed in front of me, right, and kind of say what they think, you know. Which I which is a, the same way that I think I am with God, right? It's like, uh, dude, you're uh, you're screwing with me down here, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> rather than you know, rather than being humble and going, oh God, what are you trying to teach me right now? <laughs> you know, because yeah. that's not what kids do. What are you trying to teach me, Dad? Right. You know, never. <laughs> well, mine do, but it, it's weird that yours don't. But that's fine. <clears throat> yeah. Well, again, that's part of being the 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 good dad. Yeah. You know? Right. Well, you know what I was thinking as you're talking. I mean, you've said you've said Jesus almost as many times as uh, Sean from Seether dropped the f bomb during our conversation. And very funny. And I I just wonder if you know how you said David Wilcox was pointing people toward the truth. I mean, yeah. sometimes it. When you're talking, it's like, and, and even going through, you know, you know, cast my cares, and you're talking about the glory of God and all this kind of stuff. And I think, well, did you choose consciously to not point people toward truth, small or capital T, and try to point people toward following Jesus? Uh, did I choose that? Yeah. Is that it, yes? It, am I intentional with that? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I guess so. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because you're not taking the same path as David Wilcox. No, no, I'm I'm sure not. David Wilcox has a brilliant path, and what he's doing, I'm just, I'm a fan. Um, I just have some pretty specific um, 
I have a pretty specific commission. Um, I don't, I don't say it's a calling because I, I, I get nervous of that word because I think it's overused and we're only called, you know, biblically to God, mm-hmm. to Jesus. And then he does his other stuff. If you look at all the stories in the Bible, we're not <clears throat> called first to go do something else. It's like you're really called to him. So I, I, I'm so intentional about that because honestly, I, I look at the the church and I think the church is extremely asleep. Um, I mean, you, you look at old um, Keith. Uh, oh my gosh, how am I blanking on Keith Green? Thank you, Keith Green lyric. You know, I. It's really. It's like there's. I think there's an awakening um, to the church to see Jesus, the movements of Jesus, not the movement of Christianity, not the movement of the church, but the movement of Jesus. Um. I just, I mean, seriously, start looking in Christianity today. Start looking in just different, you know, I don't want to blast on that. Just look at different articles that are Christian articles and look how many times you see the name of Jesus. I mean, it, it it's kind of bizarre, like mm-hmm. how often Jesus is left out of purpose statements of churches. And you could talk to all of them and they'd say, well, he's, in, that. that's just, we're talking about God or we're talking about, Really? Okay. I, I know you're implying it, but I don't think he's actually the head of your church, of the church. Um, it just You just start looking everywhere and you just don't see Jesus because we don't need Jesus to be great American Christians. You don't need him. And I guess the difference for me and, and Wilcox is that I'm, I'm kind of actually aiming. Um, I never wanted to be in Christian music. I always thought Christian music was terrible. Um, in the, you know, not always, but yeah, I know what I mean. You know what I mean? And he has his own, um, well, David Wilcox has his own bent and what he's supposed to do. I, th- I think for me, I'm actually, as I said before, a missionary to Christians. Cause what if the church, uh, the people, we were awakened to the revolution that Jesus has going, um, that's multiplication. Each of those people know 10 people. What if they were the church? Instead mm-hmm. of something we do, instead of our small group time, we go do a service project, which is wonderful, but it's a service project. We go and feed the homeless here and do this. All such great things. But what if our lives actually represented Jesus, not represented Christianity? And if we had people that fill our semi-full churches, pews, and our people actually saw themselves as part of the revolution of Jesus... Dude, I, I just I get way too excited about what could happen, um, and it wouldn't be. Uh, I don't think it would be all of a sudden getting people into a club. Hmm. I think actual life transformation would would happen. Where do you think Jesus would spend his eighty minutes a week? His eighty minutes? Oh, I don't know about that. Um, do you think Do you think he'd go to a church? A bu- you know a building that we now think of as church. Um, that's a real tough question. Um, um, I I don't know that answer. I think I think he is, I think he's stoked with a lot of um, a lot of gatherings of people. Um, I just you know I, I had a friend recently say, 
it's funny because we do so much and make these this eighty minutes so much and we build it up and but uh I think if G- he he was saying, I think if Jesus came back, I think he would uh he'd kinda go, Wow, you guys have done a lot here. Woo! Look at this place. I mean, you guys have worked hard. Good job. I mean, I didn't ask for any of this, but you guys have done a lot of, you know, a lot of cool stuff, you know. I I think I think, you know, I don't want to damn the gathering cuz I think the gathering is so beautiful and could be so beautiful and powerful. Right. Um I just am tending to focus more on the 10,000 minutes where Jesus would be in those 10,000 yeah. minutes cuz I think it's yeah. important for us to gather. I think biblically I can find all day long where the gathering's so important and, and actually can be beautiful. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm a fan of the gathering, the 80 minutes. I really am. Um, I just th- think we're too good at the 80 minutes and not good at all at the 10,000 minutes. Well, I think whether it's the 80 minutes or it's the three and a half minutes from one of your songs, that if I can get recharged or re-inspired, then then that's then that's the fruits and that's the work that it does right and that's and that is quote unquote a good thing yeah the the only the only hard part is that um cuz i i i if you're honest i i like i lean toward a home church more than anything just with my how i see jesus and the church and but mm-hmm. um i i think you need to be connected with some other people that are actually trying to follow jesus and honestly, I don't, you know, you might be, oops, I mean, you can air this or not, but Christians don't own Jesus. I mean, it's just true. Look, look, look at the, the disciples. Yeah. They started, they weren't Christians. They just, right. they believed enough to follow him in the beginning. I mean, for years, actually. And then at the very end, he's like, who do you, who do other people say I am? Who then, who do you say I am? So at some point in there, they actually began to believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they just followed from the beginning. They were Jews. They were Jews. So do we? can we have a Jewish person come in? Can I have a Muslim person uh, follow Jesus? And I would say, if I mm-hmm. said that in most places to most American Christians, they'd go, dude, you are on... Uh, you know, shallow ice right now, dude, because a Muslim, you've got to make them a Christian. They've got to believe that Jesus is blah, 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 blah. Okay, but what about the disciples? They didn't. So I just think if we're doing life with people who are trying to figure out how to follow Jesus, then I think I think we're on the right track. Um, so so, uh, so are if we... you're not doing it with other people that are trying to follow Jesus, I, I actually think that you're, you're in, in a danger zone. Hmm. Because I think biblically, I, I could say that all day long. Because we have to do it in community. Well, do you think that we um, we have misinterpreted Jesus as a whole when it when it comes to, I guess, church and and Christianity and all that? Misinterpret. Is it a misinterpretation? Is it a misinterpretation? No, I think it's all well well intended and. Uh... Yeah, but well intended can also be misinterpreted. Um, you know, so, uh, not to not to really bang yes, into a corner I, I, here, but you I know think, what I'm saying. Man, I, I don't know. I mean, this is this is some some deep stuff that is emotional emotional for a lot of people. But um, I don't know. 
all, all I know is I'm trying, I'm actually trying to read, uh, just the gospels. My dad said that years ago and I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever dad. And now I'm starting to just read what Jesus did and what he said and go, okay, I'm just trying to do that. Um, when we, I don't know, we, we've gotten away a lot from Jesus. So I had a guy that come up to me the other day and say, Tim, I could tell you stories. He's a pastor. I've had so many pastors tell me this recently. Um, I could tell you stories all day long about Jesus. Um, I could literally do 20 messages right now, the drop of a hat about Jesus. I just mm-hmm. don't know him. Wow. You can regurgitate him. Yeah. So I think that's the, I think that's the plague of that the church has is that we can talk about Jesus all day long. We can believe about him all day long, but so do the, so does Satan. So do the demons. They shudder. They believe so much. But to not know him is, is I think that the cancer of the church. So, starts with me is really saying, guys, it's not about right. going out and doing all this stuff. It's saying it's got to start here first, and then he can be about his revival. You know. Um, yeah, our our trust and faith kind of the same thing. I'm thinking I'm going to holy unafraid a little bit, right? Um, which in my in my head a little bit, I put a W in front of the word holy, but. But that's neither here nor there, um, because I want to be completely unafraid. Is what I'm saying. But yeah. But that I mean, is it? Is it? Is all of what you just said and what we've been talking about? Is it? Is it because we don't trust and we don't have what what true faith is? Because I mean, even when you're singing the lyrics in, um, you know, the beginning of starts with me, right? Can't see you. Yeah. <laughs> can't hear you. Can't feel uh-huh. you. Wow. I mean, so I jump back to, you know, how how do we get to that holy and afraid area without being able to trust and to have real faith? Yeah. I, all I know that Jesus would say is, is follow, like begin to follow me. Um, and I guess in my own story, that's kind of what's been happening is I've just been following Jesus and trying to follow his principles and teachings and actually follow him and look for him every day. I'm just looking mm-hmm. for him. I'm, I think that a difference that I keep seeing is awareness. If, if, if I'm aware of the kingdom, that he's actually the king of his kingdom in my daily life, when I'm at the market, when I'm on in my car, about to give somebody the bird, what, whatever it is, if I'm aware that I'm a part of his kingdom and he's the king of his kingdom, somebody said, uh, where's the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is wherever the king is the king, wherever the king is and wherever he is actually king. So it's true with me. And and I guess I'm starting to see Jesus in ways and starting to be able to actually trust, not just that he died on the cross and rose again, but I'm starting to trust that he he might even be enough for my life. Like, I don't fully believe that yet, but what if he is enough? And that's a crazy statement because I've sung that all my life. Right. All of you is more than enough for all of me, for your thirst and every, you know, you satisfy me. You're, you're enough, Jesus. Wonderful. I just don't believe it. I don't live it, I should say. But, but do you think cancer gave you a better set of glasses? Yes. 
I think any I think cancer has because it just has the big c word to it and mm-hmm. it feels huge and crazy. But I think pain is pain. I think sorrow is sorrow. Yeah. Um, I think all these things are things that are ultimately breaking our will, have the potential to break our will. So a death has the potential to actually break our will enough to be about something bigger than just us. Because hmm. my whole life, my whole king, life is about my kingdom. It's about making me comfortable. It's about more money, whatever it is. This is these are the things, the societal cues that I take. These are the. Uh, yeah, being broken of society, self, and actual sin. We we always talk about brokenness of being just of sin. How are you, you're broken, you're a sinner. Well, there's more to brokenness than just sin. And and um, Barna, George Barna, actually talked about that about brokenness of sin and then of self. So about my kingdom, I think cancer just helped me kind of go, okay, crap, it's not about me. For me to live as Christ and to die as gain. So um, a few weeks before cancer. I kept hearing that scripture. Mm. Uh, here, like in a in a sermon, in something I was supposed to teach, um, all these different places. And I'm like, okay, you got my attention. Maybe this should be like a life verse. I always thought those life verse things were like so cheesy and over dramatic. And but then I was like, okay, cool. For me to live as Christ to die is gain. I got it, Jesus. I'm going to live for you. Right. And then it hit me once I found out about cancer. I'm like, crap. For me to live as Christ to die as gain. Oh my goodness, you, you got stuff going on. You're bigger than I am. So I think that was a huge gift to me. Cancer has been a huge gift of perspective. But I think we can find perspective in anything, in any calamity, really. It, and does the world um, seep in to your faith when it comes to that illness? I mean. Do, do you wake up with doubts sometimes that whether it's medicine or treatment or ideas or whatever isn't going to work? <laughs> the world part of it isn't going to work. You know what I mean? And But yet that still creeps into that negative stuff that drains through our yeah our system, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, um, I think about it every day, but... Um... I don't know. I've, I've had this for 12 years. It's right. incurable. Right. Um, and I just keep walking. Like, it just, I mean, Jesus was really smart of don't worry about tomorrow. Just just deal with the stuff that you have today. That's it. Right. That's what a branch does. Right. A, bra- a branch just deals with the stuff that's right in front of him, and he lets the gardener actually bear fruit out of him, and the vine is actually the one giving him nutrients. That's what a branch does. Yeah. So for me, I'm just trying to be a branch mm. as in my cancer and as a dad, as a husband. Um, doesn't mean I don't go out and just love the crap out of my kids. I mean, I just... Right. But and it doesn't mean I go, don't go to work. doesn't mean I didn't push, um, you know, play as we're about to do this. I mean, I'm doing all this work, but right. just for a different kingdom. Right, and it doesn't... And it doesn't mean that you don't have plans for the future either, right? Right. No, nope, I, I, I definitely do. And, and where, and where? I don't even know where you're at, dude. I mean, are you in a sort of a remission state, or is it going to take no. twenty years off your life? Or, I mean, uh, I have, no, I have no clue. Oh, okay. It, it, won't, it won't go in remission. Um, they gave me six years when I first found out. And you're twelve years in, um, thirteen years in, twelve years in. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I've got today. 
Beautiful. I mean, it's the it's it's the gift. It's the gift of of cancer is perspective. God, I love that. I think calamity can be perspective. I believe that with all yeah. with with everything. And I, and I say that under the idea that I remember when I I think when I was uh, much younger, I would go to the doctor and say, I think I might have cancer. I think I might have this lump. You know, with all that kind of stuff. Uh, and you know, finally, I don't even know where it came. Maybe it was when my with my mom dying you know sort of gave me the piece of like i'm actually kind of interested to see what's on the other side you know that sort of a thing yeah and i can say now that i'm not afraid to die but if i went to a, an appointment tomorrow and got the big c word would i be would i change would my interview be different today right would our conversation be way way different you know i mean would i be blubbering i don't know i mean yeah i'd like to think i wouldn't because i'm mr you know at peace with myself but i don't know it's the most sober moment of life. Yeah, I mean, and yet yeah. you, you, you're you're faced with decisions and questions about like what I said before. Yeah, I, I think it's like you're just faced with mortality. And were you married at the time? Yeah. So my wife, my wife um, is a total babe, and we've been married 15 years now. And she, but she had a crazy wrestling match with God. Like, yeah. screw you. You just hurt me so bad, and you are not trustworthy. Like I've always sung that you were trustworthy, but you're not. Cause look, look what my husband has. Look what you did to my husband. You know, or you I, allowed for my husband. I love her for that honesty. You know what I mean? I really yeah. do. I think no, it's it, awesome. It's, it's been a. It was a. It was a pretty uh, brutal and um, beautiful. Five years of wrestling. I think she still wrestles in some ways, but um, just to watch the difference in her today. Yeah. Um, we handle it so different, but today I think she's uh, she's actually closer to trusting Jesus with it, um, which is beautiful. So I, I yeah, I'm so grateful that my wife is so awesome and. Uh, able to have questions and be pissed and yeah, uh, I mean maybe maybe there's a song coming coming from and through you called "Let's mm. Be Brutal." <laughs> mm. You know what I mean? I mean, there's something about that huh. that huh. when when you said that together, it's like it was so brutal and beautiful, and it's like, huh. yeah, man, that is exactly what life is, isn't it? I love that. I love this time, man. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. It's. It's A-L-L-G-O-O-D, man. All good. So thanks for spending it with me. Honored to do it, dude. Yeah. Thank you. Anyone who brags about themselves being the most awesome Christian like that makes me smile. And, and maybe helps me understand how that word or description or marketing demo can mean so little. Now let me say this. Tim Timmons makes me smile. Thank you, thank you, thank you for reals. 
I know you're searching. Don't, don't stop. Keep on scouring lyrics and songs and movies and books and anywhere you can find inspiration. Because, and I know I'm still wrestling with this, you are worthy of love and a great life. Give and get. Listen in and share the goodness. I sign off sincerely, comma, Frank Jenks. Questioner, interviewer, searcher, hoper. <laughs>